on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And this is episode 111. Play that on the numbers. 111. Play it forward, play it backward, play it box. I don't know lottery, but it's a lucky number, I think, Big Ugly. 111. We're hoping. <laughs> We're hoping. I mean, and this could this could very well be the last dirty ugly podcast of the year. Um, but we're coming back in 2023 because you know we, we got the deal with SoundCloud, so we're going to be at least <laughs> that far through. Right. Um, but big ugly, how are you, man? Thanksgiving, Christmas, how's your holiday? The holiday was great. The uh, yeah. I should say the holiday of Thanksgiving was okay. was pretty good. You know, spent I- time with family. I've been in a Christmas mood. I'm decorated, and you know. Christmas shopping, man. How about you? Uh, yeah, kind of the same. Thanksgiving food was good. Uh, you know, uh, and then I'm okay with Christmas music after that. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, people getting in the holiday spirit and, uh, you know, Christmas lights and, and all kinds of things going on. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this holiday season. And I think this is going to be the first one in about three years that's not completely dominated by a pandemic. Yes. Um, you know, still got to be careful, but uh, I think, you know, this is, um, you know, there's other things happening out there, you know, but you, you just got to be careful. But I think this one's a little bit more open for traveling and shopping and all kinds of other things. But you know what it's also good for? It's good for talking about things like the Survivor Series. That old wrestling. Wrestling. That's right. The Thanksgiving tradition. Also, other things happening. AEW pay-per-view, uh, WWE and NXT premium live events and television. It's all kinds of stuff. But what I want to say First, right now, we got some in, we got some special guests that we're going to introduce. Um, we're going to do three segments today. We usually do, um, and they're all hot segments. There's no come down segment. This is all this is all good stuff. Um, we're going to be talking. You know, we we do our normal thing uh, for everybody on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, we thank everybody for listening to Dirty Ugly Podcast segment two today. Big Ugly. We're going to have the return of. Michael Spedden, you know who that is. He's an actor. He is a singer. He is a podcaster. He is uh he hosts his own radio and podcast show. He's he's in the uh, Perryville Players and the Foul Players, and he, he does acting all around and and TV and movies. And uh, I think everybody will be excited to hear what's going on in his world. Big Ugly. I'm excited to hear. Okay, good. Because I did the interview. You were off doing, uh, you know, uh, fit ugly stuff. You know, you were out doing fit <laughs> stuff, and that's because uh, you're the fit ugly. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. There is no I'm fit Finley, yeah. right? No fit Finley. Only only fit ugly. And and ugly is an endearing term. Like when you say to Kurt Angle, you suck. It's the same thing. It's very endearing. Um, but that's a uh, pardon me. That's going to be segment two today. Um. But if we have people waiting in the lobby, why don't you go ahead and let them in, and then we'll uh, we'll get started here on 111. Oh boy, I think we got a couple of people in here. We um, do. So let's uh, let's introduce them uh, one by one. Uh, first of all, a uh, uh, mainstay, commonplace here at the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, he is probably the main reason that the Ravens are eight and four right now. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to blame. Barely. <laughs> barely i mean we're not going to blame him for anything but we're going to give him a lot of credit and uh we'll make sure everybody's not on mute because when we introduce him we want to let him know it is the one and only jason justin tucker welcome back to the podcast how you doing jay i'm doing all right 
Good. Good to see you. Good to have you. Glad there's no technical difficulties. Everything is good. Um, and uh, we're going to start talking about wrestling in a minute. But we have another special guest joining us uh, for the first time in a while. But I wanted to make sure this was uh, episode 111, the last one of the year. But this guy always talks wrestling. He, he knows everything that's going on in the world. We always reach out to each other when something big happens. But, uh, you know, and I got to get him to re-give re us his nickname because, um, you know, I had it written down. I don't know what happened, but I've been calling him Dougie Doug. I've been calling him Dougie Fresh. You know, we could do the Dougie, but this is this is my, my this is my good friend Doug Hoffman. Welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, Doug. Hey, how you guys doing? Um, so you, uh, Quail Man is the Quail. Uh, my, the damn man. it! I knew it was a bird of some kind, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to give another bird credit. <laughs> yeah, the um, so the the show from Doug from back in the nineties. That's uh, right. Yeah, it's his alter ego. That's so, right. Know, I use that for my gaming tag. I use it for everything. So, but yeah, I'm happy that that you guys have me back. Thank you. Oh, of course, man. Welcome yeah. back. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. Quail man, quail man. That's good. Um. So yeah, boys. I mean, we we got uh, we got some things that we're talking about. I mean, and, and if anybody has some ideas or questions or comments, just throw them out there. Tangents. This is what we do. But I mean, uh, this is kind of bringing up the end of the year. Uh, we've had a full year of full audiences, at least. Um, we've had a full year of lots of television and social content, um, and uh, we're gonna have. Uh, still, it's still not over. I mean, it's it's not over yet. But I just want to throw it out there. I'll start with uh, Jason, Justin, Tucker, man. What have you, if you've been watching wrestling recently? Because I know you've been watching something. What you've been watching and what you've been liking, man? I I saw Survivor Series. I saw Raw on Monday, and that's about it. As okay, far as wrestling goes. Okay. Well, you saw Survivor Series. That was a good one. Did you enjoy the premium live event as a whole? It was good. I, I enjoyed War Games. I read, I read, it looked familiar from WCW, so it wasn't anything new. True, true. WCW definitely. Uh, I, I still enjoy the roof on top of the cages when they did it, but I understand they, they got camera angles to think about now. But um, all right. Well, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Survivor Series. I guess that just happened not too long ago. Uh, Quail Man, what, what you've been watching, what you've been thinking about the product recently? <laughs> So, definitely um, been trying to keep up with wrestling a little bit more because the, the Kevin Owens and the uh, Bloodline and Sami Zayn is definitely really interesting right now. And mm. MJF is champ right now, so things are changing up on the AEW side. So, um, it, honestly, there's a lot of like a lot of stuff going on with wrestling. And then uh, final battles this weekend, actually, as well. I probably won't get the chance to watch it. But, wow. I mean, it still looks like a good pay-per-view, so, so a lot of good wrestling going all, all around, to be honest. That's true. Now, that's Ring of Honor. Now, that's a, that's an offshoot of AEW at this point in time. So that's actually going to be on pay-per-view, like an actual pay-per-view channel, not like an iPay-per-view or something like that? Yeah, it's on Bleach Report, I think. that they, they put, They're putting it on Bleach Report, I think, for like $49.99, I think, is the price or something like that. And I think the main event is Jericho and um, Claudio, Claudio, right? Yeah, correct. Yep, and then the yeah, Bristlers so. are going against FTR. So those now are that's, the two big ones. That's the price of admission right there. With the Briscoes getting their shot on a not only a Ring of Honor but like an AEW sponsored product. That's that's big. That's pretty good. Now, yeah, we um uh, we've been watching a lot of that too. Uh, big Ugly, what you been uh, interested in lately? Listen, I got a question. Is, oh, okay. Is 
The Bloodline, the best story that has been told by WWE in the past decade. Wow, in the past decade, that's a that is a that is a question. Um, it's uh, and I'm gonna let everybody ring in on this, but it's a very good storyline, especially the longevity of it, um, and it, how it keeps changing. And uh, Sami Zayn's one of my main notes here. I mean, who would have ever thought when? Not only when Roman Reigns was getting booed out of the building, but when he first became champion, that Sami Zayn would be by his side and it would be one of the coolest things in pro wrestling. I never would have thought that, but Sami Zayn is extremely talented. Um, In the past 10 years, I'm going to have to do a little. The business moves so fast. I would have to look back and see if there's anything even close to that. But I would say it's pretty damn good. And by by that question, I'm assuming you're thinking the same thing, Big Ugly. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I think um, there's been some good stories that have been told in the past mm-hmm. decade, um, but that's been a question floating around online about the bloodline. I, I would definitely say, I, I don't think off the top of my head, I can say it is number one, but I could definitely see it being in the top five. Okay. Over the I past decade. You. No, that's absolutely. Um how about let's let's ask uh, the Quail Man. What do you think about the whole Bloodline Sami Zayn thing? And is it is it one of the best storylines you've seen in recent history? What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, to get me to actually uh, pick up a pay per view and expect, do we see like like a Survivor Series? It's like, okay, do we see a turn uh, from Sami Zayn? Does Jay or I forget if it's Jay or Jimmy, whoever hates Sammy. Are they going to turn on him? Yeah, that was Jay. That yeah, was uh... just, So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of complexity going on with that story. I mean, I don't know if I would call it the best story in the last decade or anything like that. I don't think the shield, I don't think is doesn't. I don't think the shield, the shield was probably the decade before that. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, if anybody can enlighten no, me, no, but, the shield, shield would be still this this decade. Shield, they they came together in about what 2012, yeah, right? Early, early, early. 2012 decade. was when they premiered with yeah. Pope. And I was I would say they really hit their stride in about 2014. I'd say that's a fantastic faction. I don't know about. I mean, there was some decent stories rolling around that, but that was right. definitely the most impactful yeah. faction. But Quail Man, keep going. But yeah, no, um. I um I definitely think it's I, I agree with Big Ugly. Uh, it's definitely definitely top five. Now number one, I mean, it's probably still up for debate. I mean, another one that's definitely up there. Judgment Day is definitely up there as well. That's probably, a uh, one up there. But I mean, I won't I won't say jump, Judgment Day is number one as well. But yeah, once again, that's not the, probably one of the other big complexing stories with Ray Mysterio and Dominic is definitely up there as well. Yeah, and we all knew it was coming eventually, but uh, you know now they got to do something with it, and it's uh, they're leading up to it. How about you, Jason, Justin, Tucker? Uh, bloodline, biggest thing in the past ten years, and and what what are you specifically watching with the Bloodline? I definitely thought it was entertaining, and I I, I was think I was thinking a I was thinking a heel turn for Sammy definitely. I mean, he's in a heel group, but I'm saying the like double heel, just go against them and go with Kevin because they're such good friends. Ah, so you could see a, another swerve in the future. I don't know about in the future, but I was thinking it maybe during the pay per view. But you okay. know, just did you in like the back of my mind? Okay, 
Now, now, did you like uh, everybody how this all culminated? I did. I did use the Google machine and pull up some other storylines, and we'll come back to that in a second. But um, did did you like everybody how the storyline played out in the in the men's war games match? I mean, and to to the little subtle things like when uh, when, when uh, Jay was going to go save his brother, or Jimmy was going to whatever. I uh, know something like that in the cage, and then Roman looked at him and just shook his head and said no. And basically told Sammy to go. And Sammy went and kind of laid on the sword all the way that that all the way through the end of the match when, you know, Sammy turned and, and turned on Kevin and let uh, Jay get the win and all that. Did did you like how the story presented itself in the war games match? And I'll I'll start with back with you, Big Ugly. I loved it. That that masterfully done. I love uh, seeing the way Roman uh, stopped. Uh, who was it? Jay? Yeah. Yeah, and then told Sammy to go. It was good stuff. And um, I don't think it's any secret. I do not care for Survivor Series. However, sure. that match overall, well done. Gotcha. And and to, to throw that out there, there were no traditional elimination Survivor Series matches. Um, so, you know, will we get more war games? Will we not? But uh, yeah, absolutely masterfully done. And that is with so many people involved in so many elements, that's got to be one of the hardest things to do. Right. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Can I go on a tangent real quick? Please, now? please. Y'all can help me. All right, so the war games, right? War games. I get it. It's a nostalgia thing. People love it. Okay, remember, I think on the last podcast, we talked about how I don't think I'd ever actually watched any of the war game stuff with NXT or WWE. Right. All right, cool. All right, I'm just trying to figure out the psychology behind this. If the match doesn't start until everybody is in the ring, mm-hmm. What is the incentive for the other people starting a match to actually fight? Like, why would I waste my energy when nothing is actually counting right now? I and I'm gonna I'll go down the line, but me, my thing is, I think and, and oh, that's Quail, that's Quailman's kid. I think um, <laughs> that's okay though. We could do yeah. that. And no, that's fine. We got we get them all started early on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Okay, now. This has been a thing for me for a long time. Now, the first two people in the ring in the War Games match usually wrestle for five minutes. Then you get an advantage. I think the advantage makes makes a play out, and then you get advantage, even, advantage, even. If you start it with an advantage from the beginning, um, somehow that they they come upon that. And then the incentive to fight is basically to, to, to survive until the next person gets in there. And the idea is to weaken your opponent to the point where, or as all of your opponents to the point where that's who you're targeting when the match actually starts for pinfall or submission, surrender, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's a blow off. It's, it's basically if you want a storyline to come to its natural conclusion, except, you know, in a big setting like this, war games is a good blow off. Uh, and, and the and the incentive is to survive. But I see where you're coming from, Big Ugly, because basically what you could do, if you, you really didn't want to get hurt for 35 minutes until the match started, you could just back off and run. Uh, I mean, obviously you have a cage, but, you know, there's two rings. You just stay away from somebody. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, but no, the way you explained it makes complete sense. Yeah, that that's just my thought of it, especially watching it. And you should definitely check out Peacock and watch it back in the, in the eighties and such when they started having the War Games matches because there were so many personal vendettas, and I think that's what made this War Games match, um, the personal vendetta and then the idea of the internal bloodline possibly exploding. Um, let's go to let's go to Quail Man. Uh, let's uh, so go, go ahead. I was going to say with 
um, Big Ugly's uh, uh, question. Um, I mean, I think that I think the psychology comes from that all the setup, the, all the setup comes at the beginning of it mm. in regards to like spots and just kind of uh, trying to tell us what 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 we should expect once all five people are in the ring. Like, uh, OK, uh, Becky's going to jump off. the Like you, you, they kind of hint at what spots they're going to do later to try to set it all up. I sure. guess my is probably the big thing. Uh, the other thing I would say is, um, I mean, it introduces other storylines or the other complexity. Like, of course, like with the Sami Zayn and the uh, one that Jimmy trying to go in the ring at the same time and mm-hmm. Roman choosing Sammy over him. That definitely, like I said, you just now added another layer to it. It's like, OK, once everybody gets in the ring, what's going to happen? Like I was talking about earlier about who's going to somebody going to turn and. No, Sammy just helped helped uh, Reigns pin uh, K- um, KO to, right. to win the match. Wherever, so yeah, I think it's just a lot of it's a lot of the setup. But I, I completely agree. There definitely it feels like like elimination change, chamber. It makes perfect sense. It's yeah. like okay, if I mean if you start, you first, can get beat of, at any time in elimination chamber. Basically, you know, and then that you could just wait for the next pod to get open. I mean. Exactly right, and then you have advantage. I mean, you could, you could rest up. I mean, I don't know how many times they actually have only have eliminated everybody back to back. I mean, in the games you probably could, but in their thing, they always probably have still one person. But right, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's where I would go. But um, that's gotcha. the only thing I really could think of. No, that's cool, man. That's, yeah, yeah, good analysis, Jason, Justin, Tucker. What do you think about the uh, the way the War Games match is put together and uh, just you know. If it, is it too complex? Is it not complex enough, or is it just right? No, I think it's got a lot of elements of the Royal Rumble and whatnot in it, and um, the the fact that the match doesn't start until everyone gets in there, um, it's a good idea for um, for feuds because then then you don't have to be penalized no matter what you do, a person because you're just beating on them. Because you're angry at him for whatever reason. Right. That's true. I mean, and it, it just it it gives some different ways of looking at storylines rather than just kind of the same cookie cutter thing that you could see every week on Raw or SmackDown. It kinda kinda does that too. Yeah. Um, so all right. This kind of brings me to another this is a uh <laughs> this is a point for me. I don't know how many people watch NXT or follow it at this point, but they are having something called an Iron Survivor match. Um, they're putting elements of Iron Man Survivor Series all kind of in the same match. Okay, <clears throat> let me just kind of go through this quickly because there's too many rules. I don't know if y'all have tried to put this together yet, but this is going to be on an NXT premium. <laughs> Whoa, my premium live event. Uh, coming up. <clears throat> okay, so there's one women's match, one men match, and I think there's five people in each match. Five superstars will compete in the unique 25-minute match as they battle each other and the clock. So 25 minutes, it's over. Two superstars start the match, and every five minutes, a new superstar will enter the match until all five in the ring. The goal is to have the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes. Falls can be won at any time, pinfall, submission, disqualification. There is no countout. When a superstar scores a fall, they earn a point. This is where it starts getting weird. 
However, when a superstar loses a fall, that superstar must pay the penalty. They are forced out of the ring and into a penalty box for 90 seconds. Once the 90 seconds are up, the superstar can re-enter the match. The superstar who scored the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes will be named the Iron Survivor and then become the number one contender for the NXT title and the NXT women's title. Okay, obviously you guys saw how long it took for me to say that. <laughs> um, is that just way too complicated? And I'll start with uh, Jason Justin Tucker this time. I think it's, I do think it's a too complicated. I, I, I don't know what they're trying. With the penalty box, sounds like they're trying to draw hockey fans to me. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, I feel you. But it's it's like they they lose a fall, then they got to be out of the match for 90 seconds. Um, you know, granted that could give them a chance to recuperate from the fall that they just took, but they're not losing a point. So, if they already had a fall, they don't lose that fall. I think it makes more sense to take the point away, but if they're going to do a point system because otherwise it doesn't matter. How about you, Quail man? Um, too much? I, I'm not I'm not too much of a fan of the, like the minute and a half. The only thing that make would make it intriguing is if, if within that minute and a half, that other person in the box that another fall is scored. Like say there's three people, one person's in the box now. Sure. One of the other people scores another fall while that a minute and thirty seconds. That's the only way it becomes complex. If not, I just feel like the, it's just a way for them to pull somebody else out of the ring without them looking like they're uh, you know like. Uh, fatigued outside sure. the ring and, and not jumping back in the ring because they need to recuperate. This is their their way of doing that instead by just adding another element. So sure, because yeah, I mean, with I all would the think angles personally. With, Go ahead. I would say with all the different angles they have to do. I mean, you don't want to show like all five people. So if if somebody's like you know like post a, a stay stay down for a second and wait until the opportune moment or the exact moment they're running and break up a pin or something like that then, I mean, they don't want to show that angle. And, you know, NXT likes to do their camera angles and everything else differently. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I think that I definitely think like the penalty box is just kind of like a, their their way of trying to use that because they have so many people in the match, I guess, is, is, is the way I'm thinking of it. Okay, fair enough. Fit Ugly, what do you think about this uh, mess? <laughs> Listen, uh, the fact that during your explanation, I started zoning out tells me that this is too much. Okay. <laughs> You sometimes you just gotta keep it simple, and it's like I get it. You know, I, I we've been having the same kind of matches for a while, so it's like you know, want to innovate, do something different. But yeah, nah, this is this is a bit too much. Yeah, this is. I think it's too messy. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna try it. But I think that I I would think that they should rather figure it out on NXT television rather than do it on a premium live event. Because what if it shits the bed? No, you know, no pun intended. I mean, then you're gonna have more people theoretically watching it because it's a premium live event. And if you have one of those matches screw up, you know that could. That, that, that could kill it for you know future but you could tweak things and make it a little less complicated in the future if you wanted to use it again um but it's just it's too much <laughs> it's uh, i don't know war games is complicated enough and whether you have a background in it or you don't it it relatively speaks for itself um yeah. so it, it's it's just yeah I, I don't know nxt is bright and colorful and they they've got some interesting matches happening down there the, the in-ring action is a little bit more intriguing than the storylines at this point um but it is technically going back to what it was in the beginning and that's a breeding ground for people to come up to the main roster at some point um 
which is going to be all right. Now I want to I want to circle back. Uh, we talked about in Big Ugly. Uh, we talked about some of the most effective storylines of the last ten years, especially. So I want to go down and de- this is a popular list that I found on Google, which is kind of some of the things. And and let's see how the bloodline stacks up against some of this stuff. Um, and we'll go down the line when we talk about it. So Kofi Mania was obviously for its time and place. That was pretty damn good. Um, you know, and obviously that kind of came out of, uh, I want to say it kind of came out of nowhere because, uh, you know, they had to switch things around a little bit when, um, you know, certain people left company, certain people got hurt, things, things like that. So Kofi finally got a shot. That's one. Um, Becky Lynch, the man, uh, you know, her, her evolution of the character into the man in the face run to win both titles at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Um, DIY, which is an NXT storyline, which is really interesting that that's, uh, you know, that's uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which is actually pretty good because it lasted three years. Um, so it's pretty good. Uh, Summer of Punk. Now, this is about 10 years ago, but this is when, you know, uh, Punk was on the rise and became champion uh, and, and had his had his big run before he left the company where he was basically the biggest superstar in the world at that point in time. Um <laughs> uh, the beat up John Cena. Uh, that was uh, that was an interesting one. I beat up John Cena. No, you beat up John Cena. Everybody beat up John Cena. This was when uh, you know Cena was kind of fading away, but still like the biggest. Not I'll say heel, but he was you know very very hated at that point in time by the public. Um, and then John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. Um, that was very good. Yeah. The the yeah the original open challenge yeah because now everybody's kind of trying to do that and bank off of it and it, yeah but the the original open challenge so <clears throat> big ugly I'll start with you and then I'll go down the line does any of that match up or was there anything else you were thinking of that could have been in the past ten years that might have because it, in my opinion from what I just what I just mentioned for its time and place I think bloodline kind of is edging them out because there's so much diversity and it keeps on. It keeps on evolving. What do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely think Bloodline edges out some of those. Um, <clears throat> I can't think off the top if there's any other storyline. I, I feel like there might have been. I, I, I would say the um, the Bray Wyatt John Cena storyline. Okay, um, I think I think I recall liking that a good bit. The um, first the first one that was, uh, or the second one that uh, culminated into the COVID match. Yeah, the one that culminated into the COVID match that they okay. kind of did like a almost like a video, you know, style match. Okay, gotcha. Did I um, like that one that much, or did I just enjoy that match? I don't no, know. I mean, what? Well, we enjoyed the segment because that was the coolest thing yeah. that was happened. I mean, that was really cool. Um, and and before we go on, I'll uh, mention a couple more. The Yes Movement that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Daniel Bryan thing, uh, yeah. the bromance and breakup of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. That was pretty. Oh cool. man. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> definitely in the top. Yeah. I, I almost forgot that Chris Jericho was in WWE for a long time. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's definitely up there too. And Roman Reigns in the bloodline. That's, I think the quail man uh, element has uh, some some comments over there, young and uh, older. So, uh, quail man, go ahead. What do you think? Um, in regards to like uh, edging them out, uh, I think uh, Jericho and KO is definitely. I, I would put them up there. All right. Uh, D, uh, Brian DIY. Uh, the beat up John Cena, not so much, but I, I like that he fought AJ. That, that was definitely yeah. probably the, the best part of that. Um, 
of course, Bloodline now, and Summer of Punk. So I, I mean, those are the five I would I would put. That would be the top five, and no particular order. I mean, you would have to rearrange it, rather. Yeah. But I'm, I kind of feel like right now, um, I can't really say right now that Bloodline is like the best of the decade until we get the payoff. Once we get the payoff, like say uh, Zayn and K, um, he gets betrayed and Ko. And Sammy win the tag titles, the undisputed titles at WrestleMania mm. or something like that, and the the crowd loves it or something like that, and we get a good pop out of it. Like then it. And that's that's what we get. Then great, and then I don't know what's going on with Reigns. Like who who actually beats Reigns? It sounds like maybe The Rock at this point. Yeah, that's, that's the speculation else. at this point. Yeah, yeah, but those are the top five. But um, I could say some of them could be edged out, but with with those five, uh. I don't know. It, it it comes down to the payoff, but um, I like I'm definitely uh, Jericho and KO. Uh, unfortunately, the payoff wasn't as much as we wanted it to because they they had a pretty lousy match at WrestleMania. Yeah, or they didn't get to have it for the belt. That was if, if they had it for the the um. Did he have the U.S. title at that time, or he had the Intercontinental title? It was. I think it was. Uh, it was one of those mid titles. Yeah, U.S. or Intercontinental. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the not the, the main title, which it could yeah, have been. I, was gonna, I don't think it was that would have even been even been greater, but yeah, that's those gotcha. are the ones I would say. So yep. Jason, Justin, Tucker, what do you think out of any of those that we just mentioned, or uh does the bloodline take the stop the top spot? What do you think? No, I definitely don't think they're the top spot yet. But I do believe the um both the Cena's between him and Wyatt and just beat up Cena. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I'd rank the other ones. They were just, I, I enjoyed them while I watched them, but sure. that's about it. Okay. Fair enough. It, it's a, it's an interesting question that you posed big ugly because it, it, it leaves a lot of interpretation because and there's there's hundreds of storylines that happened that didn't hit or happened and just failed off or, you know, you know, people just kind of, either change companies or whatever got what do you call it a um future endeavored you know uh yeah. that happens too so it's a great it's a great question it's a great great place for the uh, beginning of our 111th episode of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast so um obviously and in, in a couple of minutes here um we're gonna go to segment two and that's gonna be michael sped and we're gonna catch up with him that's gonna be fantastic make sure to listen to that and uh, we're gonna tag everything that he's doing so make sure to follow him and everything that he's doing i want to i want to address this since we were talking about survivor series and the war games hopefully everybody got a chance to see the press conference that was on YouTube or social media uh, sometime after Survivor Series happened. Um, just yes or no. The Big Ugly, did you see it? I forgot to watch it. You did Shake tell it me off. to watch it, and I forgot. You can watch it. You can watch it now. How about uh, Quail Man? Did you see it? Uh, I don't believe so. And oh, I don't boy. Think did, or was it like a Logan? Was it with Logan Paul? No, no, no. This was uh, right after Survivor Series. Started off with Sami Zayn and uh, Paul Heyman. I don't think I saw it either. No. It's still on YouTube. Jason, Justin Tucker, did you see it? No, I wasn't aware of it. They see that. Okay, that's my first point. They have to advertise this better, or they have to leave it on Peacock and tell you it's coming up, and then they say we're recording it. But I know they wanted to get people to watch social media, but they didn't really even tell anybody it was happening. At the end of Survivor Series, there's a little bumper at the bottom of the screen that said, "Oh, go to YouTube to watch this." Okay, 
So here's here's the thing. The last time we talked about a press conference on this podcast, it was CM Punk's podcast after the pay-per-view where he um, basically said the F word 183 times and brought all his personal stuff in and uh, kind of just destroyed while he was sitting there eating uh, food. Um, <clears throat> so Triple H, I think in the new regime, is trying to take some of the better pieces of what can work. So immediately after Survivor Series, they had about a 45-minute press conference just to give you guys a heads up on what happened. And the first person they brought in was Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman. Um, And this was right after the War Games match that uh, they just won. And basically, Heyman gave Sami the floor and basically spotlighted Sami. And they kind of went on kind of shoot. It was kind of a half-shoot kind of thing where there were interviewers asking questions out in the audience and uh you know they were you know talking about Sami Zayn being you know in the main event spot now in the top spot and this kind of you know kind of taking it out of context of storyline but also reality it's kind of half and half um and that was a good portion of it and then Heyman kind of stepped in and gave Sami Zayn the seal of approval which was pretty awesome then Becky and Bianca came out at the same time because they were on the winning side of the Survivor Series women's war games team. And they talked about individual welcome back, Becky. And now, Bianca, what's your next step? It's like, oh, well, I want to main event WrestleMania on the second night um, since I already did the first night. And then Becky was like, well, I main evented WrestleMania the first time as a woman and I won both times. You know, kind of like d- together, but not really together, like saying, oh, we could have this again at some point in time, just kind of fueling it. Um, and, uh, I think the last part of it was Triple H. Triple H came out with a prepared statement, which basically thanking everybody. And then he got asked questions like, I want to go all around the world with this. And is Survivor Series going to be a a war games thing from now on? Blah, blah, blah. So I think it added a little bit of legitimacy to it, but you got to advertise it better. Um, So as we count down in this first segment of the podcast, what do you think? I'm going to start with Big Ugly. Do you think the press conference is a good idea? Kind of half and half uh, reality storyline. if it's advertised better, do you think it actually works? What do you think? I don't really, I don't really see the point to it. Okay. Like, you know, I, I feel like this kind of goes back to like, cause you kind of had this with like the raw, remember like raw talk, and raw talk and smack. Uh, talk talk and smack. Yeah. yeah. And then remember, they also had that talk show that CM Punk was on briefly on Fox. You remember that? Sure. That? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just feel like, in per- in particular, these types of talking smack. I think, or no, it wasn't talking smack. It was, uh... it was something. It uncut. was something. It was like yeah. a, it was like an uncut one on Fox. Yeah. On Fox. Yes. Yes. Renee I Young think... and yeah, Paige I just at one point. But go ahead. Yeah, I feel like these types of uh, ventures they don't last, and I feel like they don't last because they're they're just unnecessary. I think for pro wrestling, it's like. It's too much of an attempt to try and bring Legitimize. In that like legitimate feel to it, and it's like when we all know it's yeah, man, it's like a <laughs> show by now. Yeah, we all know, you know. It's like listen, the only reason that press conference was so relevant with AEW is because Punk just legitimately like shoot, you know, he just started shooting on everything, right? And it's like, but you know, other than that, the yeah, these things are unnecessary. Gotcha. Jason, Justin Tucker, what do you think? Necessary, unnecessary, good, bad? What do you think? Jason, you still with us? I don't think it was necessary. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary at all because it was just... Okay. They could have, like you said, they could have just left it on Peacock. Sure. 
and let people watch it after a couple days later. Maybe advertise a little better, but just unnecessary for the timing. I got you. How about you, Quail Man? Um, I definitely agree with everybody else that it feels unnecessary since this is more like uh, enter there's more entertainment. There's a lot more entertainment in it. So some of it's kind of known what they're trying to promote or what they're trying to do. But I mean, if they like do an unannounced one almost or like uh, be sure to be part of that. And there's no like rumor mills out there like The Rock is going to show up or right. some figure that we never knew that was going to come back. Or whatever, because there's a picture of on Twitter of CM Punk of one of his old WWE pictures on there, which I don't know if that's cryptic or him just being CM Punk. <laughs> but yeah, like if something like that, and then all of a sudden he shows up, then it's like, oh crap! I mean, you didn't see that coming, and now of course you created buzz. But if it's just like right after a pay per view, unless there's something like building up to Monday, or there's actually some legitimate reason for this press conference, then I don't think it really works. Gotcha. Well, well, I guess we'll see, uh, you know, after the next uh, major premium live event, which is Royal Rumble, if they do the same thing, maybe with uh, the winners of the uh, women's and men's Royal Rumble matches, maybe whoever wins the championship match, if it happens uh, that time and day. Uh, but we will see. But I'll tell you what, we are going to take a quick break uh, right now. When we come back, we are going to have an exclusive conversation with Mr. Michael Spedden. I know you're going to enjoy that. He always has some interesting things to talk about. And then after that, do not go anywhere because myself, the Fit Ugly, the Quail Man, and Jason Justin Tucker are going to come back for uh, another segment. We're going to talk about 2023 coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about AEW and then just whatever else is going on in the world of professional wrestling. So, uh, gentlemen, feel free to log into that second segment. And then everybody that's listening, enjoy this musical interlude and we will be back with more of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast right after this we are back on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast my name is dirty mike you do not hear the fit ugly's voice right now because he is out and about in the world doing lots of wonderful things but I, I am as well, but I had an opportunity to catch up right now with uh, the one and only. I got to say, this is, this is a guy who I had no idea when I met him a couple of years ago that we had so much in common and uh, that we travel so many of the same avenues. But uh, we're talking theater. We're talking acting professionally. We're talking singing. We're talking uh, acting as far as uh, we've got railroad trains to talk about, all kinds of things following up because we've had, had him on the podcast before. He's back now, the one and only Michael Spedden. That's right, studio audience, give it up. Mikey, how you doing, Mikey? Thank you, thank you, Mike. It's good to talk to you again. I've uh, I've missed seeing you lately and everything. It seems like we've kind of uh, missed each other a bit lately, but it's always great to talk to you, you know. Um, yeah, I've been up to a lot of great things lately. I've been very lucky. I've been very blessed. Um, you know, as always, auditioning like crazy, you know, casting that line out there and trying to snag something, but then also doing things on my own. You know, the murder mystery's been going well. We've gotten some new venues. Uh, we've gotten, uh, of course, the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad train. You can always see uh, WMSR.com to see when our murder mysteries are scheduled, and they're getting ready to put a bunch of dates up for after the first of the year. Awesome. And we'll be there New Year's Eve. Oh, 
Now that's fun. You want looking for something to do New Year's Eve that's fun and safe and, and relatively close by. That's good. Talk about that a little bit. That is going to be in Cumberland. Cumberland. Western Maryland, Western Maryland Scenic Railroad. Oh. And that's a beautiful, beautiful train. It's a beautiful train. Uh, the food is excellent. And it, it's great. At nighttime, we have entertainment inside the train uh, during the day. Uh, no matter what time of year you go out there, there's beautiful scenery to be seen, whether it's you know, nice and green in the summertime or in the winter when all the uh, leaves are changing and you can see uh, the mountainscapes and the farmland and everything you drive by on the train. And that's where we do our murder mysteries uh, primarily. They're our biggest client. And we do a new show just about every month when we're out there. Sometimes we repeat them once in a while, but they've always gone over positive. You know, that's the Foul Players of Perryville, which is my murder mystery group. And in case you're wondering, if you were to come out and see us, uh, yes, we keep it clean. You know, we keep our humor <laughs> above the belt. And there's no cussing. There's nothing you'd have to worry about. Um, fun for all ages. See us. Yeah, fun for all ages. And it's usually uh, very silly. They're you know, comedic-based murder mysteries. And you know, we've been doing those for quite a while out there. And we've also gotten a new venue uh, that we are also been working lately called Fifth Company Brewing. Ooh. And Fifth Company Brewing is a brand-new brew pub, a, a micro-brewery pub. And they happen to be a block and a half from where I live. So this is... Um, Wow! Right now, when I'm performing murder mysteries, I'm either driving three and a half hours to Cumberland or walking a block and a half down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, nice trade-off. Have, you know, I've eaten there, and I've had a few drinks there, and I have to say, oh gosh, I think they've got to have at least 15 or 20 varieties of their own beer that they make, and it's everything from... Uh, I'm not that technical with it. But That's okay. From uh, dark beers... And they have their IPAs, and they have oh beers that have different kinds of uh, fruit flavoring, um, like a hint of berries or a hint of orange or a hint of this and that. And their food there is really good. They have uh, some good burgers and some good briskets mm. and duck fat French fries. Mm. And no, I'd never heard of such a thing. And they're a thing, and they're very good. So I was I had some of those the other night, but we're going to be there on December the tenth. Fifth Company Brewing, uh, we're doing a murder mystery there, and the good part about this is that you get to shop small and shop local for the holiday. I was just going to say, Amen to shopping small and shopping local. Support all those men and women, absolutely. Think about this: we have a local murder mystery company, the Foul Players of Perryville, actually performing in Perryville at a small company fifth company brewing and they also have a uh, i believe it's a the person who does their cooking and the food services is a and i can't tell you their names i forget it but they're a food truck company too yep, so yep. you've got three small businesses you're supporting that's wonderful all for, all for the low low price of twenty dollars for the ticket mm. you can get your food and drink in the main brewery and bring it into the hall for the show. Happy hour drink prices that day starting at 5.30 until 7 when the show starts. And afterwards, after the show, you can come out and sample some more of their beers. Uh, they, again, they have many of them 
I, I can't say sample like they're giving away for free. But sure. You try right. their varieties of beers that they have. And the thing that's really cool about it, too, is that you can go in and get yourself a card. And you can put money on the card. And all you have to do is go over and tap it um, on the little thing where the, that tells you what beer it is. And you have your own tap and you can pour your own beer. So you tap it with the tap and tap and yep. beer. They go together. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And what I, I, I had to, I wrote this down. I, I didn't want to forget it. So, of course, you, we're talking about the foul players or foul players radio. And you talked about uh, duck fat chips, you know, foul duck. There's a lot of word association going on here, Mikey. And I love it. I love it. And I want you to continue. But before you go on, you know what? what's also great about this is that our brothers in the chorus of the Chesapeake are having a show earlier in the day, um, in the afternoon. So you can go to CCBC Essex and enjoy the holiday show, the, the mix-up show that the chorus of the Chesapeake, our brothers in song. They're going to be doing that. And when that's done, you can... Take a ride to this event right here in the evening. You can start your happy hour at 5.30, like you said. The show's at 7. Um, you can get it all in in one day. It's not that far away. And uh, you can support everybody. And you talk about supporting local. You can support everybody local on the same day. That's a heck of a Saturday for you. It is. It is. And the chorus always puts on a good show. You know, I mean, I've been going to these shows ever since my grandfather performed with them when I was a kid. Love those stories. In the 70s. And I actually... Um, I had the opportunity uh, many times to see Fred King perform. Ah, Freddie. Fred was, you know, the director for many, many years. And, of course, his son, Kevin, um, is the director now. And i got to tell you, what a showman. You know, I was just looking through some things the other day. I, I actually had a guest on my podcast, Foul Players Radio, a fellow by the name of Ron McCluskey. Mm. Who is, he's producing a television show, and if your cable company has... JLTV, Jewish Life Television. Okay. He has a, a documentary, I believe it's a 10-part docuseries, called Remembering the Catskills. And if you don't know, the Catskills is a huge part of our entertainment history in this country. You know, Absolutely. So many great comedians and bands and musicians and everything came up through the Catskill Resorts. I and mean, that was a huge circuit called the Borscht Belt years ago, and the chorus of the Chesapeake uh, performed at one of the prominent hotels out there called Grossinger's. Oh, yeah. For years, and the chorus is actually in the Grossinger's Hall of Fame. That's wonderful. Um, As, and, rightfully so. Yep. And so I shared that with Ron, uh, who was the producer of that show, Ron McCloskey. He really got a kick out of that. And, I mean, that, that's quite an honor. I mean, they're in some really good company being in the Gross Singers Hall of Fame. That is wonderful. Um, and so um, I, I've been, you know, had a lot of great guests lately on Foul Players Radio as well. I've had uh, DC Star come back and talk a little bit about a compilation album that they've just put out. It was called, I believe it's called Unfinished Business. And they've got a lot nice. of songs that they never released on it, and some demos and things like that that they're putting out. Um, David Simmons was my guest. I've had uh, Ron McCloskey come on. I've had Gunhild Carling. She is a oh. Swedish jazz musician, and I happened to MC. I introduced her at the Habit of Grace Jazz and Blues Festival That's last, so cool. last summer in June. Nice. And I got to tell you, uh, she is just amazing. Uh, she plays, oh, I can't remember how many instruments it is, but she can play three trumpets at one time. Oh. 
Um, you know, she can play trombone, um, just about any wind instrument that's out there she can play, and I believe a number of other ones. Um, she had a band with her, and she just absolutely blew the roof off of the Star Center and having a grace, and I had her on the show. Oh, gosh, uh, who else have I had? It's been a really good season, my ninth season. That's great. By the way, shout out to the Star Center. They do a whole lot of great performances and local and tribute and all kinds of fantastic stuff. We saw uh, all about Joel there not too long ago, the Billy Joel tribute. Uh, David Clark, fantastic. Also, Elton John uh, tribute Mm -hmm. coming there in uh, April, which is going to be great. The the Yellow Brick Road tribute. They've got tributes of everybody, but I just wanted to shout out to the Star Center, another local place not too far away. And uh, speaking of other people on your show, uh, I think you have a couple of the gentlemen that were on our show. Uh, episode 110, uh, not too far back, a couple of the chorus of the Chesapeake gentlemen. Yeah, we did Bill Day and Kevin King, and of course, you know, we shared stories of the chorus past, and we talked about the show coming up, and it's going to be just a wonderful show, just delightful. Um, you know, whenever, you know, I, I looked out to the audience, you know, I did the May show a couple of years ago. Right. Coucher, That's right, we did. You see, you see nothing but smiling faces, and the people that know the chorus love the chorus, and they're always out there. You know, we've and not that toot our own horn yet, but it's a well-run organization. Oh yeah, you know we get compliments. I remember when we did the last Orioles game, we did the announcer you know, on the radio said that you know, you're never going to hear the anthem done quite like the chorus does. It. That's one hundred percent correct. That was uh, 2019. We did that. They had the last opportunity to do that because of. Uh, oh you know, COVID and things like that. But I know they started bringing back small groups and individuals to do it in 2021. So, uh, or in 2022, as a matter of fact, I should say. So hopefully next year we'll get back to doing that. We sing at the ball game, uh, sing at the Heritage Fair in Dundalk. We do shows, you know, whether it be Towson or Dundalk or wherever we do sing outs. I mean, it's great. But like you were talking about, it's a great day on December 10th to go see the course of the Chesapeake show at CCBC Essex in the afternoon. And then check out, your murder mystery. Check it out uh, in the evening. You can get you can uh, at the new uh, fifth. You said it's called the fifth. Uh, fifth company brewing. Right, fifth company brewing. Yeah, that's it. So you can get your get your drink on, get your eat on, and then get your show on, and then you'll just have a whole day of entertainment. That is fantastic. And uh, as far as the foul players radio, I didn't want to uh, go off on that, but you've had other guests, and and how can we find you again? Let's make sure to tell everybody everywhere that we can find foul players radio. First of all, well, we had uh, foulplayersradio.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel now. We have an audio and video versions of all of our podcasts. Awesome. We have all of our archives on foulplayersradio.com. All, I believe it's 280 episodes. Oh, we got some catching up to do. We're at 111. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for you, though. That's fantastic. Okay, continue. Thank you. We have all 280 episodes are there. And on Foul Players Radio on YouTube, it's at Foul Players Radio. We have about 37 or 38 episodes now. It's all 30 from this year, from 2022. Mm. And then we also have a few that I brought back from previous seasons. Um, a couple of uh, movie screen queens I uh, put on for last Halloween. Nice. Um, I have Red Die number 9 from last year when they released their Knife Times the Charm album. Right, right. Had them on again. And I also brought back some from you know, I guess a couple of years ago, um, I interviewed Bruce Valanche, 
who you may remember from Hollywood Squares. Ah. Yeah, he's he's a, just a wonderful, wonderful, just a very nice man. I know I knew that name. Yep, and we were talking about uh, his run in Hairspray on both Broadway and the touring group. Right, right. We, we talked about his writing of the Paul Lind Halloween special and the... The Center Square, by the way. Yep, and the Star Wars special and the um, Donnie and Marie... Um, Specials at the Brady Bunch Variety Show. Wow! And you know, we we just talk about his writing for Red Fox. I mean, he's just got some wonderful stories. And I re-released his, so you'll see that in there. Um, Suze Lanier, who is just you know just such an interesting person and just a wonderful actress. Um, you may we would all know Suze for many different things. Um, I would say mostly from The Hills Have Eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in that opposite Michael Berryman. Nice. She was Vinnie Barbarino's girlfriend on Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, wow. Uh, she was also in the pilot episode of Three's Company. Wow. Um, she played Chrissy. Oh. And uh, before Suzanne Summers, they actually did that pilot episode with Suzanne. That's Suze right. That's right. Wow. And she's done so many other things. She's a very accomplished singer and a songwriter. Um, I've had Bud Becker on, and I'm getting ready to have Bud Becker on again. And Bud is just wonderful. Um, not only was he the talent coordinator at Hammerjacks, mm. he also, get this, you know, he was a road manager for many bands over the years. I think I've had him on about eight times. Uh, we recently talked about Seals and Crofts. Uh, last year when uh, Jim Crofts passed away, or Jim Seals passed away, mm. um, we had, um, I've had him one to talk about his time with Rod Stewart, Liza Minnelli, um, we're going to talk about Uriah Heap, ZZ Top, Rush, those are all going to be coming up. He also uh, booked The Doors wow. at the Alexandria Roller Rink, he booked uh, Humble Pie, Black Sabbath, I mean, he has got so many stories, and he's always a pleasure to talk to. So I've got some more episodes with him coming up, and I've got a bunch of people that I'm going to be um, lining up for after the first of the year. Um, we're doing the Polar Express right now on Western Maryland Scenic Railroad, WMSR.com, so I'm kind of tied up with that right now. But um, after the first of the year, we'll start looking for some new episodes of Foul Players Radio. I do have... Um, scheduled for next week, Mary Jo Pell, to come on Foul Players Radio. If any of you watched Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh -huh. she was Mother Forrester. Ah, uh, let's see. On the yeah, Pearl Forrester. And wow. She's very, I've read both of her books, and she's very, very funny. Uh, she's just a very funny person, and um, seemed very nice when I spoke to her, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Paul Castiglia and I uh, were on... Um, Foul Players Radio, Paul Castiglia, was the writer for Archie Comics for many years. Wow. And we talked about um, his movie coming out called um, Scared Silly, which talks a lot about the horror comedy movies like the Abbott and Costello things from over the years. Sure. Um, we also discussed, uh, we, we had a big conversation about fake bands on TVs, especially from 60s and 70s sitcoms. And uh, we talked a lot about that. Um, we, I really enjoyed talking to Paul. He's kind of become a, uh, a Facebook friend and somebody I banter with from time to time. 
Um, Monty Melnick, who was the road manager for the Ramones, I've had him on. Um, Greg Mank, who has written many, many books about old Hollywood. You know, he's always a wonderful guest. Of course, the one and only Kim Yates. There's always something going on at Kim's Crypt. Always Kim's Crypt. She's always a fun episode, too. Not just Halloween, but all year round. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, I heard that you went and visited a mutual friend of ours up in New York. Uh, Sadly, uh, Phantom of the Opera is coming to an end. Satomi Hoffman, man. Let me tell you what, I'm so glad you hooked me up with uh, introducing me to, to speak with her because not only does she make an excellent conversation on a podcast, um, uh, you know, but uh, she, you know, got back to work and they got back to, you know, full um, schedule. And then all of a sudden, a little bit earlier this year, they announced that Phantom is closing after so, so long. And I'm sure they're, you know, once I have her back on the show, um, you know, and you have her back on the show, she could go into maybe a little more detail, maybe not everything, but, you know, that's one of the longest running shows in Broadway history. And she got to play so many different roles. She, uh, you know, I, I, I took Kristen up there for her birthday. We saw the show. She came out afterwards. She spoke to us for about 20, 30 minutes and just, and this is in between shows. We, we saw a matinee and she was, you know, running out to, to clean up and eat or whatever to come back for the, the next show. And she, you know, very gracious with her time and her energy. And this was long before that we knew about uh, the show being you know, canceled coming up. Um, but you know, definitely if you want to see Phantom of the Opera in New York city, you better get your tickets now because there's not too many things left. But what's great about Satomi is she's so versatile. Uh, she'll be, you know, doing 10 or 20 other things, uh, you know, very soon. And she'll be on Broadway, off Broadway. She'll be everywhere. And, uh, I thank you so much for, you know, like I said, hooking me up with her and I'll tag her on this too, because, uh, she is just a delight. Ex- ex- so entertaining, so wonderful, and every single individual or, or group or personages that you mentioned that that's on Foul Players Radio, uh, just just great people. And I'm so glad to you know follow along and and listen to all of those and get to le- learn all this stuff and hear all the stories. So I hope everybody on our podcast, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast goes over and checks out everything you're doing with the railroad, everything you're doing on Foul Players Radio. And I'm sure, like you said at the beginning, you're still going to auditions. You're still auditioning for television and movies. Um, you know, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, that that was uh, wonderful, you know, something that we talked about last time. But what, what can we see you in now or, or upcoming or what can you talk about? Let's, let's just let it. Well, um, you can always go and see the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on um, Netflix. It's still there. It's the Kimmy versus the Reverend movie. That's right. And then uh, Gotham is still, I believe it's on HBO Max now. It's been moved from um, Netflix to HBO Max. That is correct. Season 5, Episode 8. Murder Under the Friday Night Lights, uh, that's an ID Discovery show that I was in about a year ago. You can still see my episode um, called Mr. Untouchable. Mm -hmm. It was called... um, Season one, episode five or six. There is, um, you can go on YouTube and still see the JG Wentworth commercial. I think they kind of took that down and got new Vikings, but uh, <laughs> that's on there. But coming in 2023, a uh, full length movie I was in, um, it's called The Lacrimose Primrose. And it is in post production right now. As a matter of fact, I've got to go do my uh, voiceovers for it. But um, I play. Um, if you've ever seen The Warriors... Yep, oh yeah. Um, Come out and play! Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. If you remember, you know, throughout the movie, you know, when The Warriors, I guess, you know, got past one gang and they get to another neighborhood. Right. In between each 
one, there was always like a little interlude with a DJ. Okay. And I have a very similar part to that. All right. Movie. That was sort of a, almost kind of a nod or a tribute to that. That's great. And um, my character's name is, um, I can't give away very much about the plot of the movie, but it's a very similar part to that. And I really enjoyed working with Johnny Ellenberger. And as a matter of fact, a couple of my other foul players are in it. Um, wow. The uh, One of the lead parts is played by Michelle Mullins. Okay. Regular with me and the foul players. Um, Alfred Guy is in my scene with me. And uh, Johnny Ellenberger, of course, has done Murder Mysteries with me. He was the director and the uh, producer. And uh, there's a number of other actors in it as well. You know, those are my foul players that are in it. Oh, and Donna Madison, who has worked with me in the past, too, um, has been, uh, again, just wonderful. So I'm really looking forward to this movie coming out. Um, I have, again, you know, I've been uh, sworn to seriously. I have seen a couple <laughs> of um, scenes from it, you know, just, on the, you know, um, confidentially shown to me. Sure. And, you know, it's a locally made movie. Um you know, it's not a big Hollywood budget, but you wouldn't know it from looking at it. Um, it's a, it's a really, it's a well done movie, and I'm looking, from honored to have been a part of it. And so, look out for the Lacrimose Primrose to be coming out in 2023. That is wonderful, and we know where to find you on the Foul Players Radio. You gave us all that information. We know how to find you on the railroad. We, yeah, you know, and on the. Uh, the, the Perryville players and all that. So where can we find you personally on, uh, you know, cause this is where you might be sharing some of your pictures, some of your stories, and also some of your content of what's mm-hmm. been coming up, what's been going on. So where else can we find you personally, professionally, uh, online or anywhere? Uh, Michael Spedden on Facebook, foul players of Perryville on Facebook, foul players radio on Facebook. And on Instagram, I believe I on Instagram, I think I'm spitting Michael mm-hmm. um, on there. And then, of course, there's a Foul Players Radio page there, as well as a Foul Players of Perryville. On Twitter, it's at Foul underscore radio and um, at spitting Michael on Twitter. And then on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Michael spitting on TikTok and um, Foul Players Radio on TikTok. And, of course, uh, FoulPlayersRadio.com and at FoulPlayersRadio on YouTube. So come check out all of our videos. Um, some more you know, other ones I had on there, too. I uh, forgot to mention, I re-released my uh, Captain Chesapeake episode on the YouTube channel. Oh, great. Um, and I also put Dwight Weems from Gaz on there. Um, not only has Dwight done a wonderful job for 50 years in the band Gaz, he was also um, a producer and a director at WBFF from the beginning. Nice. And he was Captain Chesapeake's director, as well as the producer of all the old Mr. Ray's hair weave commercials. <laughs> $5, just $5. Well, for a while it was, but oh my God, Mr. Ray's hair weave. Yeah, God, those, those are some, those are just legends. So, um, so that, that's what's going on in the world of Michael Spitten. You know, I, I appreciate you having me. Oh, it's, it's my good to talk to you. You too, my absolute pleasure. Uh, and we'll do it again next year. I'm sure we will. Um, you know, you're a busy man. I'm glad you are. Uh, all of the art forms that you're doing, definitely go and give this, give, give these men, give this man, give this team, give, give them a like, give them a subscribe, give them a follow, give them a comment. 
Um, you know, just, just do it and you'll be highly entertained for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll see you back in the chorus and the bass section sometime in the near future. Um, and you know, I'm still following all the pro wrestling, especially the independent pro wrestling that's around. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, my own things in theater and I want to be like you when I grow up, Mikey, that's, that's what I, that's what I aspire to do. I want to be like you. So well, thank you, Mike. If I could just say one more thing, please do. Let's 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 do it. Um, just please remember, folks, if you're listening to podcasts, you know this is you know, homegrown. This is small businesses. Support their sponsors. Support the guests that they have on. Buy their albums. Buy their books. Go to their restaurants. Go to their shows. Buy tickets to see them. Buy their albums. Like I said, you know, um, go see their shows. Buy their videos. Um, you know, when you see them on YouTube or if you see them on wherever, make sure you hit the subscribe and the like button. Oh, yeah. Smash them. Um, absolutely. Subscribe and like. Hit the subscribe and like button. And um, that, that, that really goes a long way to helping people. So uh, just remember, now look, of course, too, you know, if you happen to go to a bigger store or something like that, you get good service. Because people, local people work at those places, too. Correct. Just remember, you know, that, you know, what I always used to do was, you know, whenever I needed something guitar-wise or instrument-wise, I'd always look at a small shop first before I went to a bigger shop and mm-hmm. have it. But, um, like I said, there's small businesses are out there. They're the backbone of our communities. They're out there supporting the community in many ways. You know, they're having events. They're sponsoring events. They sponsor Little League. They sponsor all the wonderful things going on in the area. And uh, make sure that they have your support as well. Amen. And that's a, a fantastic way to put a button on this conversation. Michael Spedden, everybody. And, uh, you know, come out, see, do, shop, be. I mean, just just do it. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a wonderful holiday season. And we're going to be back um, speaking to you, I'm sure, about 2023. We're going to have a whole new list of things that's going on, new list of guests on the show. And that's great. Hang around for just a minute, Mikey Bot, while I wrap this thing up. And uh, I just want to say to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners, thank you for listening to this segment. And we will be back with our segment three of this episode 111-111. Like I said, we're going to catch up to you Monday, Mikey, um, of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we will be right back. We are back on yeah. the- Thank you. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined by two very special guests at this point in time. Jason, Justin, Tucker, say hello, sir. Hello. Yeah. And the one and only Quail Man back with us. Welcome back. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, man. All right. So we just had a great conversation with Michael Spedden. Um, that, that was great. And I think you definitely everybody should check out the social posts and check him out, everything he's doing. It's a good time. It's a fun time. Um, and that's great. But now, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we are back to talking about pro wrestling and everything that's surrounding it. Um, and, I have another question for you. Oh, yes. I yeah. love We love questions. Let's right. do this. All right, so this is kind of going to be a one of those uh, you got to pick. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, you're going to erase. I'm going to give three wrestlers, and you're going to have to erase one of them. They're all legends. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, Here we go. I love it. All right, y'all ready? Okay. All right. First, 
three. We got John Cena, mm. The Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. You, you, you couldn't start with somebody a little uh okay <laughs> jason justin tucker man we'll start with you which one of those would you like to get rid of really hard choice there mm. i'd probably get rid of cena oh man okay we got one for cena um any particular reason why or is that just the first one that came up if you had to choose um I really enjoyed Stone Cold and and I really enjoyed Undertaker, so I had to take someone out. <laughs> All right, man, Big Ugly, you got your answer there. How about you, Quail Man? Oh, uh, so I I don't think I could touch Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Attitude Era. It's tough to choose between Undertaker and John Cena. It's 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 really hard to choose for like my gut tells me to pick Undertaker, and then the other part of me wants to choose John Cena. Uh, because they both done some really amazing things and had some really elusive feuds that if you just like eliminated them, um, what would you get? What would, what, what would have filled the void? Would they actually had the stars necessary to move forward or anything like that? Mm. And I think just because of this, because the attitude era is kind of like the foundation of WWE besides like Hulk Hogan and everything before it, I think I'm going to have to go with John Cena. Okay, we got two for Cena. And uh, now we got three for Cena because that's my pick too. And it's 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 so hard to these three because there's three very specific eras, three very specific bodies of work, but I mean Undertaker it's just it's too too legendary at this point. You know, Cena is definitely had a great impact over the past 20 years and Stone Cold's impact was Actually, time-wise, the least amount of time in that character, at least in the wrestling ring, but so much the impact. impact is just yeah, undeniable. like oh, yeah. I, I mean, and it's even now today. If you can main event WrestleMania when you're 58 years old, um, obviously something's right. So I go with Cena too. How about you, Fit Ugly? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Cena. Um, Damn it! Yeah, I hope John Cena doesn't listen to this podcast. He probably yeah, doesn't, yeah, but. Yeah. He doesn't right. pay us. Next um, row. Next row. Damn. Right. Next three. Here we go. The Rock, Triple H, Brock Lesnar. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Quailman, you're first. Oh, man. I got to go first for this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, on the spot, brother. On the spot. All right. Let's see. We got Brock. We got Triple H. And we got The uh, Rock. And the Rock. And oh yeah, my, my my son saying the rock in the background. Uh, <laughs> is that because so, he likes uh, the rock he or wants... he wants to eliminate the rock? Uh, I don't know if he knows who Dwayne the Rock Johnson is, <laughs> but um I can't I can't touch the rock. So I mean it's it's gonna come down to Triple H and Brock Lesnar at this point. And mm. I'm gonna go with Brock Lesnar on this one. Oh boy. Okay. I can't yeah, like you said with Triple H, DX and everything that he did over the years and everything like that. Yeah, you can't touch that. And the rock is just the rock. Like, look where he is today. I mean, right. you, you can't touch that. Yeah. And that's still having relevance to the world of uh, even professional wrestling these days with even everything that he's doing it all. It all stems back. Um, how about you, Jason, Justin Tucker? I definitely have to go with Brock to just take oh. him out because um, I, I did enjoy all his matches way back in the day and even today, but I could do without Brock. Mm. Fit ugly. 
Yep, I went with Brock as well. I, I I'm noticing a pattern that it doesn't look like the uh, ruthless aggression guys are, are making. <laughs> oh uh, man, yeah, I would go with Brock too. All right, here's last row. Here we go. That did was you, that was did my you first. Say yours? Which no, one? I was about to, but you were going to cut me off. But I mean, uh, that's my all bad. Right. My bad. Hot tag. Here we go. Hot tag. Um, you know, I was my first instinct is Brock too because without Triple H. You know, that's that's the that's the future leadership of the business. You that's know, DX gone. And D, I mean, how, how you like? How do you yeah. have the Attitude Era without that? And yeah. and the Rock, the evolution of that character, mm-hmm. uh, and everything that he's still doing today. I say Brock still has an impact, but it's a little bit more sporadic than it is longevity. Agreed. You see what I mean? Agreed. Go for it. All right, last row. Here we go. We got Randy Orton, Edge, Shawn Michaels. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> can I start this one? Yeah. Um, oh, God. Man, I, I just put myself on the spot. Okay. I got to do it by process of elimination. I, <laughs> son of a bitch. Pardon my language. Okay. I got to go. I got to I got to choose Edge off the top of my head. Ooh, um, okay. So here I have no problem with Edge. As a matter of fact, I really enjoy so many storylines, matches, and everything. But here here's the thing. Randy Orton is a generational talent. Now MJF is too, but we'll talk about AEW later. But Randy Orton is is blood, family wrestling legacy blood. And Shawn Michaels was so against the grain and he's part of that triple hdx kind of the same thing but mm-hmm. there's more longevity there too edge unfortunately got taken out of his career too early for the longevity yes he came back after nine years and he's still you know competing at a level and but i don't think even though randy orton came in later I, I, I still think that there's Randy Orton could be the world champion anytime. Randy Orton could be in any storyline and gel. And and tr- and Shawn Michaels is taking any role, including now with his NXT role and doing very well. So that that's my start. Uh, Fit ugly. Let's you ask the question. You you give the Come answer. To me. All right. So I'm gonna just keep the trend. I'm gonna say Randy Orton goes. I oh boy. Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler, speaks for himself. He's not going, obviously. Um, Edge. I I can't let go of Edge and Christian in the attitude area. I, I need Fair. Edge and Christian, the brood going into Edge and Christian, like all of that epic stuff, you know, the tables, slides, and chairs match, all of that. Um, Randy Orton, for me, while he is obviously a very talented wrestler, I don't think I've ever been overly in love with Orton. Like, I can't think on the top, off the top of my head a, a you know, a, a storyline – that I truly love from like Randy Orton, maybe besides like the whole legend killer gimmick, which I, I don't know if that counts as a storyline. It's just more kind of, it counts. It counts. Okay. The legend killer is cool, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to say Orton goes. Cause you can go from the legend killer and then you could go to RK bro. I mean, there's, there's elasticity there that you can. Right. And RK but, bro has been pretty fun, but I feel you, man. I, I understand where you're coming from. Let's uh, do Jason, Justin Tucker. That's a really hard one. I mean, <laughs> big ugly. I love these questions. Go ahead, Jason. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm in the same boat. I loved um, Edge and Christian. I loved the Brood. I loved when they split off. But just because I 
just because my first favorite wrestler was Shawn Michaels, and my probably my second was Randy Orton. So I got to take Edge out. Oh, Edge goes too. Okay, so we got one for Orton and two for Edge. Let's see where the Quail Man comes in. Uh, you guys are not going to be happy with me. Oh my God, one. are you going to say HBK? Oh my! <laughs> no, 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 no. So I can't. I there's no way, and and I could touch HBK, especially with the uh, the Montreal screw job and everything that happened, DX and everything. I can't touch HBK, and he's like Mr. WrestleMania. You can't touch Mr. WrestleMania. True. And now you get down to Edge and Randy Orton, which, funny enough, they're a tag team. So that was the hardest part because they were part of Rated RKO, which was yes. actually a really good tag team. Yes. But um, if you break down each of their careers separately, Randy versus that, I, I agree. Like the best part of that I liked about Randy Orton was Rated RKO. I mean, not Rated RKO. That was two. Yeah. But first would be Legend Killer. Like him and Foley, that was like, that was magic, for example. True. Uh, let's say you had Piper, him and the Undertaker. Now, if he beat the Undertaker and dethroned him at WrestleMania, I don't know where we would be today if, if he did end up dethroning him during his Legend Killer era. But I'm mm-hmm. glad they didn't do it, and Brock did it, to be honest. So, um, I but I can't I can't dethrone Edge at this. I can't dethrone Edge with um, everything he did with Money in the Bank with John Cena. That's probably like one of my favorite feuds is Edge and, and Edge and John Cena when yeah. Lita was still with him. Mm. So I'm gonna have to go with Randy Orton as well. Okay. All right. I, I got a, one more for you, fellas. This one, this one is the Super Bowl of them all that I'm but making. Can up, I, okay? One one little thing before you do this. Go ahead. Do you realize all nine of those names so far have had feuds with the Undertaker? Yes. I, not, well, the Undertaker. Yeah. Oh, actually, the Undertaker did have a feud for with himself in 1995. <laughs> Undertaker versus Undertaker. Yeah. So I am right. But do you realize that? That's incredible, isn't it? That is. Oh, go ahead. All right, here we go. Here's these three: The Rock, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wait a minute. Now, now you're you're shuffling names back through here. Yeah. So I'm taking three take- of, three of the big names and choose one to get rid of. Oh. Rock, I- Undertaker, Austin. I'm going last. this is this is a hard one i think for me i'll go first oh god Um, we're gonna gonna get letters yeah (laughs) no go ahead so it it, i'm gonna go with the rock Mm. i I feel like uh, the rock the rock was amazing in attitude era and I, I love the evolution of the rock he was probably one of he was the most entertaining you know what i'm saying like he did his thing However, Austin's Austin, and I just I can't let the Undertaker go. Like he's Undertaker, and that, that's all I can say. I'm gonna oh, have okay. to say Rock. Okay, okay. Uh, Quail Man. So what we got? The The Rock, The Rock, The Undertaker, Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Uh, so, I'm sorry, guys. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> if you uh, let, let come back to me, actually. Oh, okay, you you're fine, Jason, Jason Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker. All right, I definitely, I definitely have to say the Rock as well. Mm. Even though we couldn't lead up to the bloodline nowadays, but I just have to say the Rock because, uh, and. 
I enjoyed Undertaker way too much. I enjoy Stone Cold way too much. Just can't. Damn. Um. <laughs> all right. I got it. Who, who did you say, Jason? The he Rock. Said the Rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. He. <sighs> Damn. Let's go, Dirty Mike. Who is it? I'm only doing oh. this. I'm only doing this because I can't. I'm. I'm never. I'm never eliminating Taker. <laughs> and I gotta. Um. I gotta put it one up against the other. The Rock and Stone Cold, especially since they were kind of hot in the same era. Yep. So I gotta base it just upon that, and I gotta say I take out the Rock too. Okay. That's the only reason. How about you? Uh. So, I would say at this point, I, I think I would kind of go the same way, Mike, the way that you're going. I mean, um, definitely with Undertaker's elusive career and a lot of the matches that he created and definitely like a lot of stipulations and everything that we probably wouldn't have. Like, I mean, weren't, wasn't Undertaker the first Hell in the Cell match with Mick Foley? Um, Shawn Michaels, actually. Shawn Michaels and uh, The Undertaker. Yeah, that was the first one. And then right. Kane so comes that, in. Yeah, so. That Kane has got to be Kane. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't touch, I, I wouldn't be able to touch Undertaker. So, I would put The Rock versus Stone Cold as well. And some the, the Stone Cold and Vince McMahon fuse and just like the Stone Cold against like the man against like Vince McMahon and everything. It was just like, it felt great, especially like you bring, you're the middle class or everything and you're seeing him going against like corporate and everything like that the, um in regards to what what stone cold stand uh, stood for and mm. being like against the grain i gotta take the rock as well knock him out as well wow man the rock and brock both go down in a sweep how about that oh man and by the way they had one of the greatest well one of the greatest matches i've ever seen at that uh SummerSlam. Uh, i think Shawn michaels and triple h faced each other in an unsanctioned match and then the rock and brock faced each other for the title and rock lost to brock and brock would only in the, be in the business at five months at that point in time okay big ugly can i um can i go off on a tangent with this and give you give you guys a couple names go ahead all right I'm going to do this, and then after this, we're going to talk about AEW. And then to tie up this uh, third segment of 111, we're going to talk about what we can expect in 2023. Okay, so this uh, got inspired by Quailman right now. So I'm going to throw out three names, and y'all got to get rid of one. Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, Vince McMahon. How about this? How do you eliminate any of them because of where we are today? But um, I'm going to start with... uh, I'm, I'm going to start with Jason Justin Tucker on this one. Okay. I would definitely, even though I do like him and I like the stories when he came out, mm-hmm. I get rid of Eric Bischoff. Oh, okay. So we have no, uh, we have no NWO revolution, which, uh, which leads into the attitude era, which is interesting because where would we be today? But you, if you had to get rid of one, that would be the one. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, big ugly, fit ugly. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Here's the thing, right? Because I, I have to go off of. All right. So my answer is Paul Heyman. I have to go off of trajectory. So I feel like if there's no Eric Bischoff, because Eric Bischoff to me would be the pick. But if there's no Eric Bischoff, that means that the NWO, like you said, like Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, they don't get enticed to go to WCW. Right. Which then 
you know, starts the attitude era, which then kind of forces WWE to change up their things, which means that it could have been a likelihood that those guys just stay in WWE and WWE never like really gets better. So I have to pick Paul Heyman. That's fair. Yeah. Now, now I'll also think of well, Paul Heyman was running ECW, but Paul Heyman was also getting fueled by Vince in the late nineties uh, and then hired by Vince and working for him for 20 years. But I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going with that. All right. Uh, Quail man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Vince McMahon is, I mean, Vince McMahon, even after all the, like the scandal and stuff that he's gone over thing. But um, if you don't even like think about that, you think about his elusive career, not so much his wrestling, not so much his wrestling. I mean, I guess maybe maybe a few, even though he's like ECW champion. So if Paul, if I pick Paul Heyman, he's no longer ECW champion, which <laughs> I think we'll all be okay with. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Vince, I mean, Vince is a big part of the Attitude Era because I mean that it was all against once again Stone Cold against the man. And if you don't, who's the man? If you, who do you have? William Regal is the man. I mean, <laughs> William Regal is great, but. To be like authority figure, uh, uh, like Vince McMahon, I don't know if he reaches that level. So, and then Eric Bischoff, I mean, once again, I mean, you don't have WCW, and the competition is definitely like what the Attitude Area brought. And then, like said, um, even when, even when he came to Raw in, in the beginning, some of that stuff was a little bit complex for, for a while. Um, but I also would say Paul Heyman at this point. Mm. That's a rough. It, yeah, see, that's a that these are brain brain busters, but they that they also come out with you know good conversational. Now, I I'm gonna go. I'm I'm trying to find a way to go against the grain and say Vince, but I can't because hell no, you can't say Vince. <laughs> I, I just want to throw some literally wanna, the wrestling business crumbles. <laughs> I wanted to throw the controversy in there. No, but I mean, if Vince McMahon Senior did not sell the company to his son. If we never got the 80s Vince McMahon, Hulkamania, you know, would we have gotten all of that if, uh, you know, Vince Sr. had given it over to somebody else? And if he did give it over to somebody else, who would it have been? Um, yeah, I mean, so if I got to take one out, it's, it's I love Paul Heyman. I love everything he does. I love his, but I got to take him out of those three. Um, so... Yeah, but or I got one more, and then we'll talk about AEW. See, this is yeah, I love this. Okay, Hulk Hogan, Damn. Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, and I'm going by a completely different. You know, they all kind of landed on top of each other at one point in time, but you got to think of eras and historical significance, and also <laughs> now uh, even. Uh, you know, commonplace significance in today's society. So I'm going to start with Big Ugly on this one. I I feel like I'm going to have to go with Andre. Whoa. Um, I feel like I think Hulk Hogan to me is stone cold level, right? Like you, you just can't. I, I can't remove him. Um, and I feel like on I feel like Flair has had a lasting impact. Like he's just had long longevity um over his career compared to Andre. I feel like Andre was great as a uh, a special attraction. Okay. Um 
However, it's like when you think about it, it's like we ended up getting another Andre type in the big show. Um, yeah. Okay. I feel you. Okay. Um, Jason, Justin, Tucker? I, I definitely hate to agree, but I'd have to get rid of Andre. Okay. Just Same kind of similar reasons? Similar reasons, and, and, and Flair and Hogan had good feuds, and... Um, so I couldn't get rid of um, Hogan either. Okay. Fair enough. How about you, Quail Man? Uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't touch Hulk Hogan with like a 10-foot pole, 6-foot <laughs> pole, whatever, whatever the expression is. Yeah. So it would come down to Ric Flair and Andre. And yeah, everything that Ric Flair has, been, has done for WWE, WCW, every other promotion, uh, every other match that he's he's wrestled to, to, to bring up people because the big thing that rick flair i mean i think did more than hulk hogan is he definitely helped groom some of the talent by doing some of these indie shows and i mean he might mm -hmm. not have he might have went over but he at least brought some put brought some um got more viewers to all those different uh, local shows and everything so i think like with rick flair just had once again has too much of a lasting income. Look, he even has like the woo in the crowd. Like if, if yeah. you didn't have that, I mean, you lose a crowd chant as well. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's uh, unfortunately it has to be Andre at that point. I, I'd like to throw out this question. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but eh, yeah, I, I gotta see it. Once I'm looking at it and hearing you guys respond, I think you know I'm I'm on the same page. Andre. <sighs> For his time and place, even before Hulkamania, even before Flair got hot, I mean, Andre was, you know, a special attraction, but, you know, as, I mean, he's got his stamp on pop culture and he was definitely a legend, first Hall of Famer, all that stuff. But, you know, as far as longevity goes, I, I got to get, you know, rid of Andre on that one too. Good, good thing, Big Ugly. I like what you're doing here. These, these brain busters are great. Um, that's fantastic. All right. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we appreciate you hanging with us. Um, episode 111. We're going to talk a little bit about AEW and then uh, talk about 2023. So you mentioned it earlier, Quail Man. MJF is our AEW world champion. Uh, he changed the title belt and put, um, what do you call it? Uh, what is that, Argyle or what? whatever his scarf is? Some kind of leather. Yeah, some kind of leather. Yeah, and he kind of put, you know, I understand that. That's great. Um, and uh, he's still cutting some real big heel promos. Uh, William Regal, he cut a big William Regal heel promo a couple weeks before the fight. And then William Regal actually helped him win the title by throwing him the brass knucks. And then not too long ago, uh, he um, MJF turned back on Regal. And it looks like Regal's leaving AEW. I think his contract is up and looks like he might end up back in the WWE again. Um, so Regal really gave him the rub before he left. Um I'm going to start with you, Quail, man, since you brought it up earlier. What do you think of AEW as the champion, the figurehead? Um, what do you think of CM Punk's untimely departure? What do you think of um, everything else that's kind of going on in the company now? Uh, the reintroduction of Paige or Soraya or whatever you want to call her. Um, you know, acclaimed, all kinds of wonderful stuff. Well, what is uh, AEW to you these days? Uh, I mean, definitely, AEW is definitely the, the alternative. I mean, it's definitely going for the wrestling. I mean, the storylines, 
they haven't been lackluster, but they still have some work to uh, to catch up to WWE right now with the bloodline going on. Mm. Um, now, actually, by the way, William Regal, uh, apparently um, his contract, he had an opt out clause. So he basically opted out after, I guess, so long to go back to WWE. And I guess oh, he basically just can't be on. He just can't be on T on be on um, NXT TV, so that way the the um, all the the storyline AEW makes sense. Is sure, what, or from what I read. Okay, but um, I don't know. I I feel like that William Regal once he got there and a few months in, it seems like he knew he was going to go back to WWE. So I feel like uh, the way they they played it the last few weeks with um how he turned on them and um or. He ends up helping MJF and everything like that was just kind of their way of trying to find a way to help him get the exit door at that point and try to find an end to the feud, basically, with William Regal or whatever else. They may have kept it going, but um, I think the like Combat Club can still go on. I mean, I don't know if they – I guess they need another manager. I mean, <laughs> they might be okay without another manager. I love that MJ, MJF was champion. Honestly, if he didn't win, I think the, uh, the crowd would have went crazy if he didn't win. So it, it was almost like he had to beat Dean Ambrose because or John Moxley, but um, John Moxley, he's just gotten a little bit kind of dry at this point as a champion. I mean, he's a great character, mm. but as champion, I think he's fought everybody at this point where we just want something fresh and we really need, we really need more baby faces in AEW right now. So for MJF to work with like Ricky Stark right now and oh, yeah. more baby faces, you can at least try to, grow some more talent at this point as much as you can and uh, just try to move it up. And with the punk thing going on, I think you had to do it. Like with everything going on, all the bad publicity you you had and to find out that it sounds like punk is like the cause of all this and the elite were just defending themselves. It just, yeah, like punk had to go. I mean, there, there's nothing about it. I mean, hopefully he doesn't go back to WWE because at this point, He's really just toxic at this point, and honestly, I mean, he's he's he had some great matches, and he's a great wrestler and stuff. But he's just like I don't know. He's he's he has his ego is too big, yeah. and, and that's kind of bigger than a lot of other wrestlers, which is kind of kind of ironic because there's a lot of wrestlers out there with some pretty big egos out there. So yeah, yeah. and big then ugly. big I ugly. You were Pong, saying I think that Punk genuinely looks at himself as like on par with like some of the biggest names in wrestling ever. You know what we're just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he looks himself as like, you know, he's on par with Stone Cold, The Rock, Hogan, you know, it's like name any of those guys. And he, he would put himself in that category. And and I can't imagine anyone has punk on their Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Not to say he has not been a good wrestler and a memorable name, but you know, he's just a guy where it's obvious nothing is his fault. You know what I'm saying? He he never actually looks in the mirror at the, the problems that he encounters in the locker rooms with at with the administration and say, you know, like, oh, maybe I'm the problem. So, yeah, it's kind of rough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't, uh, like, with Punk, I mean, if you even put him on the list with any of those people we did, I mean, I think all of us would instantly pick uh, CM Punk. Punk to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way not to, like, take yeah. Punk off that list and everything like that. And I mean, now if like AEW came around a little bit earlier than what it did, or hell, if he went to like uh, Impact or a different show other than WWE uh, after he left WWE, 
I think he might have, I mean, it might have turned out a little bit better for him because, I mean, he's definitely, like I say, he's definitely a great wrestler. So, I mean, if he can, like, help help some of these stars, like, grow up some of these stars, it would be great. I mean, honestly, his feuds with, um, in, and I was saying WWE been great. I mean, if we're talking AEW, really, like, MJF is, like, him and that, or, like, was the only one, but, like, that, uh, cowbell rope or the the bloody match that they had the death mm-hmm. match or whatever that was i didn't really like that match to be honest but the rest of that feud was good and yeah and then of course he, he's just at the point where like say he, he did like two elbow he did like an elbow drop on the table which that's like an aew like meme at this point it's like every main event at aew you have to have that table spot at the main <laughs> event for whatever reason. so yeah it's just yeah, punk, punk just—I don't know. He he has he hit that guy had. Listen, I, I when he first came around, I was definitely a band. I was a bandwagon when it came to him. Yeah, but, I think a lot uh, of us were. Yeah, right. But once, like, I think once he left the WWE and he said the things he said at first, I wasn't really like as hype when he came back. To be quite honest, because of all those things that he said about wrestling when he left. Yeah, and all the like the court cases and everything else that it was going through at that time. <laughs> And then, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Jason, Justin Tucker, what do you think about MJF or AEW as a whole? I don't know how much you've been trying to keep up with it, but uh, you know, what do you think of uh, things that are going on in that company right now? I haven't seen many matches or shows, I'm just sort of peeking at headlines. Um, I saw that MJF was champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I, I think it's time for him to be champion. Um, but other than that, I don't have any real opinions on the AEW. That's all right. Well, I think I would, you're right. I think it's uh, time to be champion. Go ahead. I was gonna say like uh, the one place that they definitely are lacking is like the women. I I th- I think all three of us or all four of us can agree that their women division right now is where they they lack the most right now. I mean they have all the talent in the world that they could use for a women's division, but they're just not like, they're not building it properly. And it's just, they're not giving them enough time and they're almost like becoming like divas. I mean, they're not like really like symbols, like diva, like they're, they're wrestling and everything, Yeah. but the, the, how they're being treated in regards to like time in the ring being treated almost like a bathroom break and everything. Uh, I mean, they're better than that. They, they definitely deserve better. And I think that's, I think Kenny Omega's one that oversees the women. And honestly, it feels like they should probably have someone else take over the women division in regards to running creative for it. Cause that's the one thing that's they're doing pretty bad in right now. Yeah, I agree. I think there could, there could be some more substance. There could be some more story. Um, and that would make, you know, cause like you said, you got all the talent in the world. Obviously they've been, you know, hogging talent for the past couple of years. So they, they just got to know what they got to do with it. Whether you got 10 minutes, 15 minutes or two minutes, you got to make it impactful. So hopefully they'll be able to do that in the future. So uh, AEW certainly something to watch as well. Lots of content coming up in the, in the next month or so, you know, NXT has a premium live event. The Royal rumble is going to happen at the end of January. We're going to try to do that one live here on the podcast. Like we've done in the past. That's fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, AEW, WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling still happening. New Japan's going to put on their show. Uh, I just read a rumor in innuendo today that Sasha Banks or Mercedes Verano, whatever you want to call her, may show up at the New Japan um, 
event uh, coming up in early January, whether she will compete or not, or just show up. Um, you never know, but uh, th that could be interesting or it just could be, oh my God, she's going to show up and then that's it. She does nothing. We do not know. Um, Big Ugly. Uh, it's been 2022 has been a good year for us. I think we came into, uh, you know, a nice little niche here doing uh, doing a show a month. We had some great interviews. We had some great conversations. And uh, there's always something to talk about. How do you feel about 2022, Big Ugly? 2022 was good, man. We, uh, yeah, we've had a good run. It's been a, a good year. It's a good year. It ain't over. It ain't over. And then the run of the Dirty Ugly is not over as uh, as well. In 2023. What's the best, best, uh, best storyline? Past uh, six years. <laughs> <laughs> I like it there. Nobody's going to take us off the list. Um, you know, that's great. And, uh, that, that you know, by the way, that was a good storyline, too. Chris Jericho and the list. That was a damn good storyline. Yeah, that's a – hell Yeah. <laughs> So two of the two of the stairs probably the best storyline of Chris Jericho's uh, career. I that one and Kevin Owens are right up there, yeah. definitely, uh, absolutely. Um, I did like the Y two K angle where where um you know he when he came over to WWE and it was a whole countdown. It wasn't yeah. really a storyline, but it was more of a well, this is how he's coming into WWE. Yeah, his character, right? Yeah, still pretty good. But in twenty twenty three for us. Uh, big ugly we're gonna do a couple of things uh obviously we're gonna you know talk about the royal rumble wrestlemania all the big stuff that we usually do we're gonna have a a seventh anniversary show um because we should uh when it comes up that's gonna be the wrestlemania show probably um love to get deacon storm back on the uh podcast he's been you know you talk about this uh quail man he's big into gaming um so you know that would be great to have the both of you on you kind of have a gaming yeah. conversation yeah um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, and go uh, over, uh, best, best WWE, uh, wrestling games of all time. Could do that too. We, that's a, definitely a conversation to talk about, uh, pro wrestling video games, but, uh, I know the Deacon would love to get back on here. We've had him in many different fashions and, and taking up the upper deckers in my toilet and all this kind of stuff while we're talking, he, you know, cause that's Deacon storm. Shout out to him and, you know, shout out to CM funk as well. I know he'll be back on the podcast, been doing a lot of working, been doing a lot of traveling. Um, and I know he, uh, he mentioned to me, that he feels that Sami Zayn could be the dark horse. Uh, shout out to the dark horses, by the way. Both of them, even though they don't like each other right now. Um, the the Sami Zayn's dark horse to win the Royal Rumble. But I'm sure we're going to have a lot of those conversations on our next episode. Um, we're going to you know talk about EWA Pro Wrestling. We're going to talk about talk to and talk about Black Magic, Mason Walls, Tony Macko going uh, up and around in the world of independent professional wrestling. They actually made their debut at MCW. Not too long ago, so that's pretty cool for them. Um, you know, and just shout out to MCW as well. Shout out to all the independent uh, promotions out there doing their thing. Um, and we're going to definitely talk again to Mike Kunda, who we talked to last year uh, about this time, who is a uh, Rocky impersonator, looks like Sylvester Stallone, talks like Sylvester Stallone, does the Yo Philly Rocky film tour, where you go to Philadelphia and he takes you around to all the Philadelphia locations where they filmed uh, many parts of many Rocky movies and Creed movies, and uh, we're going to talk to him again because that's just a lot of fun. And Big Ugly, what do you want to see happen in, in 2023? 2023, I would like to see Reigns lose the belt. Oh, and I also would just like to see the Royal Rumble because it's my favorite pay-per-view. That's right. 
That's what it is. Royal Rumble is everybody pay per view. That's a that's a great one. But that's when we're going to talk again. We're going to see what we can do about uh, hooking that up live. Um, but anyway, this has been a great episode. Thank you to Michael Spedden, who had a great conversation with. Um, and, you know, thank you to Jason, Justin Tucker. And I hope the next time that we talk on the podcast, the Ravens have squeaked their way into the playoffs somehow, either by winning the division or getting in the last wild card spot because, the a- a- right, the AFC is hot with uh, things happening these days. Yeah. So Jason, I mean, Justin, are still, they're still number one in their division. So. We, we are number one because we have the tiebreaker, but this, and this week uh, coming up, we play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, but we may have lost Lamar Jackson for the season, just like we did last year at about this time, but he's not the end all be all. We got to use the rest of the team. So Jason, Justin Tucker, thank you so much for joining us again. You're welcome. Absolutely. And uh, my friend, the quail man, you know, uh, way, way back in the days when we were sitting next to each other, you know, talking about wrestling, annoying everybody else, which was fantastic. Um, But uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you again in 2023. And uh, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, no worries. I can't wait. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Noah's, like I said, last episode, I appreciate uh, being part of the last episode to uh, go uh, throw the um, new year. Go home. Yeah. Go right. home with a new year with a bang. So uh, it, it's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what you guys got and what guests you guys might get for the show and where the show might go next year. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Shout new out to year. CM Funk. And if we did that again. Shout out to CM sure. Funk, too. That's right. And uh, shout out to CM Punk. And if you're listening to this punk, um, please don't hurt us. Uh, same thing with John Cena. All right. Um, thank you very much. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. That's right.